0: Esther project in the middle of this and I know I've got melody that's going to talk for a couple minutes and then I'm gonna have Amanda share for just a minute what yesterday meant for her you what time you gotta leave about 1130 okay we'll get you in there for 1130 she's working at Home Depot right right awesome okay excellent so Hebrews 11 and verse 32 Um, This is at the end of the um, Hall of Faith, and this morning I've entitled this People of Faith, and uh, we're going to go with it. Honestly, I was going one direction. The Hope House girls weren't going to be here, and then all of a sudden this morning I found out they were going to be here after I'd stayed up late and half the night doing another message. So I'm just going to depend on the Holy Spirit. He's got the right word for all of us this morning. Amen? Um, Hebrews 11 and 32. Well, how much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouth of lions. They quenched the flames of fire, and they escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put armies to flight, and women received their loved ones back from the dead. Okay, there are the people of faith, but let me keep going with another description of the people of faith. One of these things is not like the other, but they're the same. Listen, but others trusted God and were tortured. They preferred to die rather than turn from God and be free. They placed their hope in the resurrection to a better life. Some were mocked, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in dungeons. Some died by stoning, and some were sawed in half, and others were killed with a sword. Some went about in skins of sheep and goats, hungry and oppressed. And this verse 38 is such a tender. It's like you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul, the writer of Hebrews. You feel him kind of choke for a minute when he talks about these people of faith. And he says, but they were too good for this work. That's where God puts a credit upon your faith. They wandered in deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. But all of these people we have mentioned received God's approval. Everyone say God's approval because of their faith. But yet none of them received all that God had promised because God had something better in mind. Father, thank you for the reading of your word. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to speak to the people in this room. Lord God, that we may hear from you this morning and receive from you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. So, people of faith is what I want to talk about these few minutes. Some of us are very tired today. I'm probably among the most tired, but we're going to talk about the people of faith. Yesterday, the call was going on in Los Angeles, California. More than 10,000 people were gathered. They were praying, there was miracles, there were signs of wonders. Those are people of faith. Yesterday at the Esther Project, there was ten ladies who sat at a table in the back, and we've left it up for you to tour. And those ten ladies were absolutely um, lavished with the love of God, and the glory of God manifested in that room. The sad thing is everyone that, that helped us with Esther Project didn't get to be in that room, and I, that always makes me sad. Um, When the Holy Spirit rushed in and women were weeping and being reminded of the dignity that God wanted them to have, those are people of faith, too, that work the Esther Project. Yesterday, one of my minister friends received millions of dollars to build yet another building to accommodate his goal, and he is a person of faith. But yesterday, a missionary in Zimbabwe um, asked God where he's going to get enough money just to eat his lunch, and he's giving it all in Zimbabwe, but yet he is a person of faith as well. Yesterday, I had friends that preached to thousands, and they are people of faith, but yesterday, there were men and women that took care of their spouses with Alzheimer's and didn't have another adult to speak to yesterday, but they talked to God all day as they gave themselves to their spouses, and they are people of faith as well. Yesterday, in the world, there was a single mom that was trying to figure out how she would take care of her children. And she loves God and she is a person of faith so when we hear about who the people of faith are we have to come to some conclusions and realizations and watch ourselves so let us say first of all that God is a good God and a mighty God but this is a fallen world and everything is not made fair in every moment that we live in can I get an amen from anybody but let me assure you, God has no needs. His accounts are in the black. He's the owner, not to mention creator, of all the world's wealth and treasure. He made the gold and the silver, the trees we print our money off of. He owns the cattle on the thousand hills and all the hills that the cows are standing on. He holds the patent on the skies above, not to mention the earth, the sea, and the depths below. He owns the breezes, the colors of the sunset. They are all his invention, his design, his idea. God does whatever is one. His purposes are sure. There's no stopping him. There's no containing him. Him. there's no refuting him there's no cutting him off at the pass there's no short circuiting his agenda God is in control he sends forth lightning from the storehouse he breathes out the wind the waters the earth he raises up rulers he directs the courses of nations he birth lives he ordains death and in the midst of all he still has time to be intimately acquainted with every person on the planet earth today somebody give God praise come on put your hands together On this Sunday morning. 1 Corinthians 1 and 26 says. God works through different people in different ways. But it is the same God. I want everyone to say the same God. Who achieves his purposes through all. It's the same God who achieves his purposes through all. So the people of faith mentioned in this passage. Are the people of God. That he uses all over the world. But if we concentrate on just the moments. And not the milestones that we go through along with the moments we're going to get short-sighted and we forget that God is always at work you see God shows that he's at work and you are a person of faith by two tokens of purpose preservation and favor you see we all love favor I mean the girls experienced favor yesterday they got bags make your way up here Amanda we'll get you in real quick they all got beautiful gifts they got blessed to a beautiful dinner table Um, People sacrificed for months to bless them. Um, We put them in royal gowns. Did we all do this so we could have like a big diva uh, princess party? No, we did it to say to them, come up here, baby, to say to them, this is the way God wanted you to be treated and loved. This is what God had in mind for you, but the world has tried to take off the people of faith. Can I get a witness? Their dignity, their honor, their courage, their ability to sacrifice and you see God anoints women like Susan and I and men and women in this house to come in in a Holy Spirit moment and say dignity might have been temporarily taken from you but God is going to restore you to a place of honor and dignity come on somebody Amanda I know you have got a minute or two tell us what you experienced yesterday
1: um I know the chair wasn't empty. We um, had this dinner and um, I got to sit before God. I was worthy enough to sit with Him. Um, there was an empty chair that was symbolic for Him, and um, He was there. I could not stop crying. Um, I was restored. I put off the old and officially put on the new. And um, I. Um, just couldn't stop just to think that I got my dignity back my courage I can stay go ahead um, it became real yesterday that um, I am worthy of his love I am forgiven Um, I've officially forgiven myself and found my worth in Jesus and I look forward to um, walking my life as a godly woman because I can do it and yesterday reminded me that still
0: loved That's it. Woo. awesome <laughs> melody and she uh yeah she couldn't stop crying that is for sure um and i i don't gauge anything by emotions i led worship for many years and the lord taught me to judge things by eternal standards so you look at seeds you planted um i've been in a lot of meetings where people have said well only two cried and i'm like is that what we're going for here because i'm a weeper people so i can say it peeper um i'm a weeper But we have to learn to look through the eyes of eternity. We have to plant seeds. We have to do what God has called us to do as people of faith and leave the results in his hands. I would have quit a million times in ministry if I had gone by results. We may talk about that in a second. But, Melody,
1: tell us what yesterday meant to you. Yesterday was absolutely amazing. Um, I cried so much I don't know if I can cry anymore. (laughs) Um, I haven't felt worthy for years. Of, of, of my Jesus um, I um, have been in the throes of addiction for 33 years and um, and the Lord has blessed me immensely and I now as Amanda said I now feel worthy of his love I am his child and you know I am um, I'm looking forward to growing with my Lord Amen, Amen. thank you Melody it's
0: awesome, love you Okay, one more, I'll keep moving. Y'all good? Good, Maria? You want to just wait? Okay, come on, run on up. Give Maria a hand. Just say real quickly what yesterday meant to you.
2: Uh, We all got bracelets, and uh, one of the bracelets says in Hebrew, I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine. It's just a beautiful verse from Song of Solomon, and uh, that's how I see myself. He, I'm his wife. He's my husband. There's nothing else better than just to have a good father that never gives up on you, and he definitely makes us all feel worthy of his love and just so beautiful. I finally see myself. Like, I had to look twice in the mirror yesterday, probably more than that, just to see <laughs> if that was truly me and that's how God sees me, and probably a hundred times. Way better than that. He sees all of us and just no blemishes and just all pure, pure inside and out. It's just amazing how he sees us. He loves us so much, and just that he appointed all these great, awesome people to just provide all that for us. It's amazing, Uh, and just to think the enemy wanted me to leave before that miracle happened. That's right. And I was fighting it for over I could say 30 days now, but it, it was serious a few days ago. So, and I'm just so glad I didn't go. And God just did, provided for me all the grace and just the strength that I didn't have that day. I thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.
0: Sorry, awesome. I love you, Maria. That's awesome. That's awesome. Give the girls a hand. And they'll express more in, in, in writing. And, uh, but it was just so powerful. And yes, Amanda. very powerful. It's those little things that mean so much. Amen. And people of faith. So one of the the tokens of purpose that God uses to show you that you're a person of faith is preservation and favor. Favor we experienced yesterday. Favor is those moments. Everyone say moments. Those moments when you get the goosies like J-Lo said, the God bombs like my spiritual mothers and fathers said, and you just know that God is there. Everyone say moments. But preservation, make no mistake, is also a great sign of God's presence in your life. When you see preservation and favor at work in your life, take note. You are in a God time warp. Someone say time warp. Preservation and favor are sending out little signals. They're saying there's more going on here than meets the eye. Preservation is that thing that says you are not abandoned by God. You know what? Preservation says You were not supposed to make it here. Despondency was supposed to take you out. Can I get an amen? There was something that was sent to remove you. But, oh, love the Lord, all you saints. Psalms 31. He preserves the faithful. Someone say amen. Preservation. Moments that we feel his presence. Moments in conferences. I've preached great conferences. And I've been a part of great conferences when we were just in hours in the throes of God, but then Monday came. Someone say Monday. On oh, Monday is when God proves to you that when the chill bumps are gone, come on somebody, and you don't sense God. Oh, am I the only one that's never always sensed God? And you're walking by faith, but you're still alive. You're still putting your bet, if I can speak in natural terms, on a God who cannot fail. That's when you know that God has preserved you. It's easy to have faith when 10,000 people are gathered in Los Angeles. It's easy to go to Lecrae and send thousands of people around you. But what will you do when you stand alone with your faith and God alone in the moments that are mundane, the moments that are hard and no crowd is cheering and you are the only one and you are tired and you are weary and you want to give up? You are going to stand in your faith and put your hope in a God who calls dead to life and calls living things to breathe and grow. Somebody give him praise this morning. That atmosphere of faith. Say, I am a person of faith. A person of faith who despite the secular age, and make no mistake, it's only going to get worse. They're going to try. Why do you think God is raising up movies like God's not dead? Because where sin doth abound, grace doth more abound. Why does God raise up Esther projects and Queen for a Day and youth camps and et cetera, et cetera? Because where sin doth abound, more grace rises up. God has hit Hollywood. God has hit a Christian's anointed, a Christ follower, one American idol against all odds this week one young man who had a leather journal and in the middle of his leather journal when he went off to sing his last song on the last night of competition trent a card fell out of his bible and someone picked it up and they posted he posted on instagram it was what had been typed out for him by his mama let god fight your battles you see Why is God sending in ambassadors into businesses, into corporations, into the earth? Because as the enemy thinks he's got sin abounding, God says you don't even have to worry. I'm anointing sons and daughters to be raised up all over the world in their place. They will stand by faith and people will know in this secular humanistic society there is a people who will be firm and who will stand like Paul said in the book of Acts 27 I know who I have believed in, and I am fully persuaded that he will deliver me. Somebody give him praise this morning. Come on, somebody give the Lord a shout. That faith that says of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move, and it will. That faith in Mark ninety twenty three that says if you can believe all things are possible that faith that we can reach into that which is impossible and say you know what this might look impossible it might look impossible to me and I may have a whole litany of impossible things behind me but with God. I'm staking my claim today, and I'm believing that God can do the impossible. Hebrews 12, if you're taking notes, and verse 12. I love this verse. It says, take a new grip with your tired hands and stand firm on your shaky legs. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Then those who follow you, though they are weak and lame, they will not stumble, but they will walk on. Someone say, walk on and say become strong let me tell you God never called you to sink he never called you and I to sink we are people of faith that means to sink in your faith because I'm gonna tell you something how much money you got in your checkbook is not really what makes you a blessed person today what you're going home to today does not make you a blessed person because if you lose your faith you got nothing you've got nothing faith is the most precious commodity any of us have our belief in the Lord Jesus Christ and our belief that he's going to get us through. You see, you would get in a car accident and be paralyzed in your body the rest of your life, but you'll continue and others have continued. Joni that we mentioned Wednesday night, Tata, diving accident, paralyzed from her neck down. She's continued her whole life to preach the gospel in ways that people respond to. You see, it's hope is what prompts a young man or woman to go to the altar and say, I do. And it's the same hope, the same faith that many years later when the, the, the honking gets dory, come on somebody, that they will remember their hope. Hope is why human beings keep bringing babies into the earth. Hope is when we agonize over projects and we agonize over outreaches. We do it because these are the people of faith. And people of faith know I got to take care of my family But God has entrusted me with too much to lock myself up in a little house and say it's just me and my house. We've got to bring a glimmer of beauty into this world in the midst of darkness that says God gives hope. No matter what you're going through, the people of faith are marketers of a hope that says in our darkest hour, I'm betting on God. Can someone give him a hand clap of praise? Come on. Someone, I'm, not, I'm almost halfway done, so hang with me. You see, when we become overwhelmingly focused, these people of faith and the people of faith that you and I are today, we become focused on the circumstance instead of who Christ is. I love them. Um, Paul writes, dig through your swamp mind is one translation of Hebrews 12 and 2. Dig through your circumstances. Dig through your feelings. Dig through your um, perceptions. Dig through the mountains you're facing and remember Christ. Dig through all that and get a picture of him because when we become more focused on those overwhelming nature. We begin to lose our focus and we lose our heart. You can lose a lot of things, but if you lose your heart and you lose your hope and you lose your faith, you got to get back and let God rebuild it. You see, today, you know, it's risky laying down our life. It's risky, and I've already said, let me say this again, God's reserved momentous victories and great rewards for us. But we'll never make it to our milestones if we don't survive through our moments. Milestones are great. People of faith, Yes, why the first half of people of faith makes you want to, woo? they're crushing lion's head. They're quenching flames of fire. They're rolling back the people from the dead. And you're just like, yeah, that's my people. That's my people. There they are. That's my God. But then when you move down and you hear these that walked in such a faith that when it said, like when ISIS took those men and put them out on the the sandy shores and killed them if they would not deny Christ, and unfortunately our government had to watch the uncut version of those Christian men from Turkey and other countries beheaded on national television. Our television fortunately didn't show it. We just saw them in their orange jumpsuits. But those men are the men that said, I found something in my life that I'd rather trade death than to not have this forever. There are going to be great moments in our life. There's going to be wonderful milestones. And there's going to be times when you feel nothing. One of my first messages I ever preached at Church of the Harvest was called, When Faith Doesn't Feel Good. And Josh, if I told you how many times the Holy Spirit preaches that message back to me, How many times he'll say that one statement? Well, let's just talk about your sermon, Rhonda, when faith doesn't feel good. Because if you and I are looking for everything to be just so awesome, it's not a reality. And people of faith have got to know God will always see us through it. We'll always get victory. But there's going to be a journey when things don't feel so great. It's wonderful to raise money to go overseas and go down into the um orphanage of haiti where we have a spiritual daughter danita australia running that great orphanage it's just grown exceedingly it's wonderful to go down into africa with kathy Payne into the tribal jungle where people have never even heard jesus it's wonderful to post those pictures on facebook selfie you know with the haitian selfie with the african selfie me sacrificing it all and everybody's like oh you go you go girl you're awesome But not many of us want to post selfies of the moments in our life when right where we live, having to scrub the commodes in our house, can I get a witness from somebody, clean up things off the floor, do the ritual tasks that we are assigned in our church, in our job, in our life, and show up sometimes doing a job we care nothing for, and be there and be responsible and lay our lives on the altar of something that's called sacrifice. Everyone say sacrifice, but make no doubt. If heaven could take pictures of you, it may be those moments heaven wants to walk about. And not the moments that we see so grandiose or so glorious. It's those moments when life is too tough that we don't want to tweet about it. We don't want to put it on Instagram. We don't want to put it on Facebook. You know, there's a hashtag, I love my life. And I, I get tickled when I see people that, that and I'm, I, I love that because you should love your life. And it's good, and I'm sure I've said it as well. But because I've probably lived with so many people who haven't loved their life, I want to thank God. There's a million more that can't hashtag that today. Their life does not feel good. They're waiting for promises that have not been answered. They're walking out a walk of faith like a tightrope like Nick Willandu, whatever his last name was. You know, they walked across the Grand Canyon. Remember him? On that rope made me so nervous. I was screaming at the TV. And he's a Christ follower. And he... Walked on that thin thing all the way across the Grand Canyon, and his father was in his earpiece. And as Nick came across, he, was, he hit a really unexpected wind, a very unexpected wind. Anybody but me ever hit an unexpected wind? A place in your life you didn't think you would be? I'm not talking about national disasters. I'm just talking about things, things we go through. And when he hit that, he had, he's, he's very schooled in what he does. But he was like, Jesus, thank you, Jesus thank you Jesus and his dad was helping him and he just one time it got so bad he just he went down just a little bit he just and his dad's voice was in his ear his earthly dad they're a family that's done this for years and his dad began to speak to him son son encourage him and then he said dad I got to cut you out because there's a time in your life Nick knew he even had to cut out his earthly father and just listen to what God, because He does what He does. That's His. That's His thing, and He does it by faith. I don't. I don't suggest any of you go try to walk a tightrope across any building today. Look at your neighbor and say, "Don't be stupid." People of faith are not stupid people. Okay. But I love it because in that moment it reminds me of you and I to be people of faith. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, you have got to turn other people's opinions off. Someone has. Maybe better. Someone has recently told me, but they've told me many, many different voices have said to me that I'm spinning my wheels by spending every Tuesday at Hope House. It's people that don't know them. That's, that doesn't matter. They tell, they've told me for years I've spinning my wheels by being in Cleveland and you know, that I should go build some big something somewhere. Don't you ever let anyone tell you about your life and your purpose, that you are spinning your wheels or you are wasting your time. Every day you show up. The Scripture says if you seek first the kingdom of God, where he has called you to, that is success. Don't you ever let the opinions of others and my mothers and fathers in the faith taught me from an early in age to tune out my own voice too. Because you can be your own worst enemy. You can send self-doubt into yourself about your job, about your process of where you are. You can be your own sin ballot who came against Nehemiah and said, even if you finish this, Nehemiah, Nehemiah was reeling the wall, but even if you finish it, a fox can walk across and it's going to break. You know what? Your doubts and your fears and mine and the voice of the enemy will say, even if you do get your life rebuilt, even if that does happen for you or that you do get your education, you're never going to get a job. Even if you do this, that's never going to happen. But what I love is God, the people of faith, God aligns himself with the people of faith. And he said, oh, if you thought they were alone, you were wrong. If you thought they were doing this by themselves, you were wrong. You see, I'm the author. I'm the stabilizer. I'm the finisher. It's not by their might or their power, but it is by my spirit. And if I called them to it, I will call them through it. Come on, somebody. Come on, someone give the Lord a hand clap of praise. You see, as a person of faith, you've got to get to that point that you tune out the voices of others who would make you self-doubt. If God has called you to a place... You are successful. I want you to speak that over and say, I am successful. I am successful. If you are where God has called you, you see, we don't know what God is doing behind the scenes. We've got to live with eternity in mind. Years ago, we did a John Bevere. There's very few of us here that went through that. If it was my, I, you know, I'm a teacher, so I like force people into everything. You need to do this and you need to do that and you need to do this and you need to do this. It's just in my nature. The girls are tell like you need to do that. You need to read this. And you need to do that because that I thought I knew about eternity. My daddy preached about eternity. My great fathers of faith, but when I did that 12-week series with our Wednesday night group on, on Driven by Eternity, it shook me to my core. Because you realize in heaven, things are going to be quite reversed from what you've known on the earth. The last are going to be first. The servants that everyone said, oh, they got nothing going on in their life. Oh, look at her. Bless her little poor little heart. She just cleans. Come over. The rest of us are just singing. We're dancing. We're just doing everything. We got the spotlight. But bless her heart. Well, bless her heart. If I'm not doing this with a servant heart, that servant that no one gave a penny or a dime or a nickel for her behavior is the one that might be ruling the eastern province of the glory kingdom. And I might be cleaning her streets. And glory to God, if that's what he feels Because God is working toward eternity. I learned this about being successful when I was a worship leader, Josh. And you've heard this story before. But I led worship for many years, but I took over from Pastor Hank. People love Pastor Hank as a worship leader. He was an evangelist. He had led an eight-week revival leading worship every night. Thousands had come from all over the region um, at another place in town. And, uh, And then I started doing it. And it was hard and it was tough. And there was one particular morning that I went out after leading worship and got, this was gravel out here, and I got in between two cars. This is such a stupid and ridiculous and hilarious uh, story. I got in between the two cars and I held my hand up before God and I said, when bats swim in the deepest ocean and lizard grows feathers, will I ever step on a stage again and do anything for your glory? I'm done. Consider this my resignation. I mean, this is me, people, out in the lobby of church, in the middle of church while someone's preaching because I got my eyes off eternity. I told Pastor Hank, I resign, I'm done. He called John Price who had kind of schooled me in worship and for an hour he lectured me on the phone He said you are acting immature, you are making everything about yourself, you are dealing with rejection, you are to live under the cross of Christ and you are to do what he's called you to do, you to get back up there and stop making it about you and making it about Jesus and about the kingdom. I went on to lead worship for many successful anointed times in the Lord let me tell you and I we have got to live for eternity and say if I am seeking first the kingdom if I am where I am I'm not going to confuse rewards everyone say rewards yes. with success don't confuse you will get some rewards for success when are you successful as a parent well scholars started crawling so that's it angel and Cordy are successful that's it well no she's got to walk okay she walked so now they're successful no, no, she's got to go to school and be able to read a book. Well, then she, they're successful. No, every day they showed up as parents, they're successful. And every day, you and I, if we just live for rewards, if we live just live for what we can feel and think success is remaining faithful to the process that God has laid out for you, success is saying, I'm going to have some great moments. I'm going to have some milestones. when I'm going to sense that God is with me. But for all the 97 other times, come on, somebody, I'm going to get up. I know Judy Jacobs told me one time we were just ministering get together and just talk shop we talk honest she said you know Rhonda, i'm always scared when i grab that mic i hadn't felt god all day and when i grab that mic am i gonna feel him in that moment she goes you know there's sometimes i don't and i say i'm with you But you just go with whatever He's given you. You do whatever He's called you to do. And that's what success is. Success is showing up and saying, I don't care what others view this is that I'm doing. You may think, you may think, you may think that I am not doing much for the kingdom of God. But if He has called me to it, I'm going to outlast you and you and you and you doing what God has called me to do. Come on, somebody. Josh, if you'll come up and start playing for me. Um, Henry Nolan traveled with a trapeze group for many years, and I love what he said because this is what it's like in faith. This is what it's like in the kingdom. But he traveled with trapeze artists, and um, he said he learned that the flyer, and I've still got several minutes to go, so just I'm just going to get him to play for me, okay? He said there's a special relationship with the flyer and the catcher. You, you, you tracking with me? You remember what trapeze is? This is the flyer. They let go of the bar. They do a flip. And then the catcher has to catch them. He said, they have a special relationship because you don't want any animosity with your catcher. Come on, somebody. I mean, you don't want to flip off the, the, the thing and then the catcher say, you know, you really made me mad yesterday. You're done. Boop. That's what you always fear at one of those carnivals, you know. Oh, God, please don't let that happen while I'm here today, Lord. Please. And there's that moment, he said, that the flyers say, they flip, and then they reach up, and he said, it's a moment where they're, like, suspended. You're just suspended in a moment before the catcher grabs you. And, you know, in many ways, Henry, no one said it, and I agree, that faith is like that. Faith is letting go and flipping out and leaving the results to God until the catch. Faith is with my children, letting go and flipping in faith. It means in that, that, that space of life that I cannot see and saying, God, I leave these results with you. There's a beautiful verse in Psalm that said, when the psalmist say, and I often find it and reread it to myself several times, My life feels futile, but I commit my results into your hand. If you quit being a person of faith or a believer in God every time you grow weary or you grow faint, then you forget what 2 Timothy 2 and 3 says. Endure hardness. Everyone say, endure hardness. Say it again, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You see, our easy come, easy go lifestyle has almost cut out this trapeze thing called faith. This thing of being people of faith. Our easy come, easy society of, hey, it's me. 45th picture on Facebook today. You know, that, that's not any of us. I'm talking about the world. When we're doing it, we're always trying to draw. It's, it's that self-obsessed society that we live in. And I need to look good. And if I'm not looking better than him on Instagram or Facebook, it's trouble. Boy, here's you a little, here's me a little something. Rhonda endured hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. This easy come lifestyle, we have let that go. That Greek compound that he uses in this verse comes from connecting to mental suffering. Paul writes about this in 2 Corinthians eight. Track with me, we're almost done. He said, I think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble. <laughs> what he's saying is, I think y'all need to know what it really looked like. Sometimes in life, we need to let people know. People are looking for people that say, I know what you're feeling. I know how you're hurting. I love people that don't forget the hell from whence they came from. I love people that don't forget the pit. If there's one thing I hope the Lord will find worth in my life, and is that I choose to never, never forget. Because I know my value as a minister is most present in my ability to remember what pits I've come out it keeps compassion it keeps you from judging others which I've contended to fall into we all can but Paul said I think you really need to know what happened to us we were crushed and completely overwhelmed and we thought we would never live through it in fact we expected I want everyone to say this expected to die he said what I was going through I was so overwhelmed I thought there's only way out of this and that's death but as a result we learned not to rely on ourselves. You see, as long as you and I are learning to rely on ourselves, what need is there for faith? As long as you and I are relying on, oh, I feel happy and if happy, today I'm feeling powerful and today I'm feeling strong, then why do I need God? We need our faith for all the other moments. He said, "We learn not to rely on ourselves, but on God, who can." Raise the dead. That means in moments when we're pressed, and He did deliver us from danger, and we are confident that He will continue to deliver us. That's faith. The kind of faith in the book of Song of Solomon that it says, Jackie, who is this coming from the wilderness, leaning on the arm of her beloved, shining like the sun? That picture is of someone, a person of faith, and all the Bible is showing them is leaning on God what does that say it's saying that's who gets God's attention that's who gets God's awareness Colossians 2 and 15 says that he disarmed principalities and powers make no mistake Jesus everyone say Jesus this is why we're people of faith today this is why we sacrifice let me tell you something you can drink normal orange juice your whole life like the kind that's not real I can't think what to call that artificial orange juice Sunny D Tang, uh, not Tang, or you can drink that your whole life. And if one day somebody gives you a real glass, listen to me, of orange juice from Florida, swimming with pulp, whether you like the pulp or not, and you drink it, it's almost choking. It's so authentic. Sacrifice wakes people up. Doing good does not always get their attention. Saying hi. Because it's easy for me to say that to everybody. I say that to everybody. Hi. But when you sacrifice for someone, when you plan for an Esther project, for youth camp, or you sacrifice by leading worship, which is a sacrifice. They have a lot of fun, but it is a sacrifice. Sacrifice by running media. Sacrifice by doing gift bags. The girls got gift bags this tall, Miss Susan put together. A few of us help, but predominantly. She did it with the help of a friend of mine from Texas. Sacrifice when they opened their bags last night and they saw all these gifts. Someone sacrificed. Now we could say as people of faith, we just gonna care for our own. You know, let the world know who God brings on our radar. That's the moment. And we all play a part. Some of us can come to Esther. Some of us can't. Some of us can go to youth camp. Some of us can't. Some of us can help at for Day. Some of us can't. But we can all do what God's called us to do. Where he's called us to do, we have to remember Jesus. Who for the joy that was set before him, sat down at the right hand of God. Maybe this morning you're at that place of kind of letting go and not being caught yet. We're kind of all there. I pray that the Lord would give you ability the people of faith. These people I read about in Hebrews 11, they lived for eternity. They didn't care what people thought about where they were. They didn't care about what people said about them. They didn't have to be in charge of every group, be a leader of every project. They just said, wherever I can serve. You see, I learned something when I was young. I'm quite choleric, and I'm, I'm a leader by nature. I don't deny that. But I could do everything and be charge of everything and cut heads off for everything. But that's the kingdom of me. In God's kingdom, there is no kingdom of me. There's no kingdom of you. It's his kingdom. And every one of us bring that together and we do what he has called us to do. We just come to him and say, you know what? I lay my life down. I lay it down as a person of faith. I realize it's so easy to, me, 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 But in the kingdom of God, it's a backwards kingdom. You lay down so you can be lifted up. You give so you can be blessed. You go to the back of the line so you can know that God sees that you're caring for others. You do things that you feel no rewards from and you wonder how many times, like Elijah that you'll keep doing those things and you'll want to quit and you'll want to give up and you'll want to say that's enough as a person of faith, whether it's a job or it's being a parent, but you say to God, God, give me eyes to see and into eternity. Recently, my sweet daddy had a beautiful dream. If my daddy has a dream, you listen. Because some of the my days have been told in his dreams. And because I inherited that gift from him. He'll always call me. He'll say, baby, you got a moment? Because my mother has Alzheimer's. and He'll say, I need to tell you about this dream. And I can hear his pages. He's got a little notebook and he's getting to the dream. And he said, I had a beautiful dream. See what the spirit of the Lord would say to you about it, honey. So I said, okay, daddy, read it to me. He said, I dreamed that um, I went into a great room and I could hear an announcer. He goes, I don't know, but they were preparing for something. And there was trophies everywhere. I couldn't see anybody else. And I walked in, and the room said, these are for him. And there was awards, and people were cheering. And You're probably starting to get the interpretation. And he said, and baby, I began to hear people sing. And people began to sing, glory to the King and honor to his saints who have sacrificed so greatly in his name he said oh baby he's weeping i'm crying he said the glory i felt he goes i'm this is the humility of my daddy i'm not sure what was going on in that room but baby i said oh daddy wait a minute i said holy spirit and i just began to bite i said daddy that was about you daddy that was when you get to heaven and my dad's a prophet a pastor a teacher he knows the bible I said, Daddy, that was the Holy Spirit encouraging you. In these days, he's traveled to France and England. He's preaching in Africa. He ran the whole denomination of the church. I mean, he's done just things that just mind-boggling. He's written books. He's traveled with David Wilkerson at the Cross of Switchblade. Nikki Cruz, my daddy, helped get him saved. All over the world, but the last five years, he's lived at one house taking care of my mama, who has Alzheimer's. I do not want to say what he does every day because my daddy would be displeased with me. But what he has to do is that of taking care of an infant all day, every day. And I said, Daddy, that's just the Lord reminding you again what you taught me (laughs) when you would preach. Whenever my daddy would preach about eternity, he would ask me after church, baby, you came to the altar again, I'd only before. I said, I know, Daddy. He always would tell me what I'd say, but Daddy, I need Jesus one more time, Daddy. And the way you said it made me want Him even more. And I said, Daddy, the way you have preached eternity to me, but I'm going to remind you today, God is telling you, Cecil, you're living for eternity. Brothers and sisters, as people of faith, let me encourage you. We're going to have some amazing moments on this earth. Great revival is coming. God is raising up sons and daughters all over the earth. This whole earth is going to be inundated with a great awakening. God is going to do things that are going to blow our mind. Secular humanists are still going to rage. People are going to tell us to deny God but God is going to always have a people that will live for eternity. A people who will say, you will not stop our God. We outlasted ten Roman emperors. We outlasted the devil in the days of Rome. We outlasted during the holocaust. We will outlast every evil attack upon this earth because greater is he is in us and he that is in the earth somebody stand and give God the best praise you've given him all morning we come on we are a people of faith this morning hallelujah hallelujah as every hand is lifted in this place thank you Jesus thank you Holy Spirit Lord we want to be those people of Sacrifice does not come easy to me, Father. Maybe it does to my brothers and sisters.